Welcome to the Witches and Wine audio experience. Everybody, this is Chowan, and I am in London at the Magical Women's Conference uh, 2019, and I am so pleased to be sitting next to Josephine McCarthy. And uh, you know, I actually heard about you from Fraud Ash and Chasan, and then I looked online and I saw that you actually kind of like in a way like kind of give this magic information or initiation for is it free? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's pretty amazing. So, Josephine, can you tell me a little bit about how you got into magic? Oh, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> Easy question to start with. Yeah, hundreds of years ago. <laughs> um, no, it's just, it's very difficult because now younger generations, they pick up a book. Mm-hmm. It usually starts from there, they pick up a book. Mm-hmm. They go online. They learn a lot of stuff, and they find other people that think the same way, and blah, 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 blah. When I was around as a kid, that wasn't like that. Um, so, but, you know, I grew up in an Irish family. You talk to everything. Everything talks back to you. You go out and talk to the tree. You go out and talk to the rocks. You know, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And um, my dad was a Christian mystic. Mm-hmm. That was this whole thing in, into Rosicrucianism and stuff like that. So he'd give me the odd book, here, read this, read that. And then he'd take me out to abbeys and old ruins and stone circles. And he'd take me all over the place and I just learned to talk to things. And mm-hmm. So it was like that. And, you know, because I'm pretty naturally sighted and I think he picked up on that. As I got into teenage years, I lived in a, a multicultural community in Bradford. So it's a lot of Pakistani, there was a lot of people from Uganda, Mm. A lot of people from Eastern Europe, people from all over the world, and we all sort of grew up together. And so the other kids I'd grown up with had gotten used to the fact that I was a bit weird. And it started out actually with one family that had just come over from Uganda with Idi Amin. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know that, when he was throwing people out. And they fled, they'd literally fled with the clothes on their backs mm. and landed in Bradford. And we were one of the families that housed people. And uh, they'd been cursed. Everyone's always cursing each other. And it'd been hung over the door. Mm. So it's like, oh, fuck that. So I just took it down and burned it. And they were like, no, 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 you can't touch it. It's like, fuck yeah, take it down and I'll burn it. I like that. And that's how it sort of started with that. Oh, well, can you come and do this? Or can you come and do that? And, you know, dead people turning up and all this sort of carry on. And it was like that for the longest time. So I didn't actually get to read much magically until a lot later. So it sort of, it was a natural thing. And it, there was a lot of people around me who were very similar. Mm. So in those days, you figured it out as you went along, you blew yourself up, you made mistakes, you did stupid things, and you learned. 
And then in my 30s, it became more formalized. Mm. So, wow, do you think that was in a way um, advantageous? Like, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah, these days, you know, people buy 10, 15, 20 books, never do them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're an expert in it, but they've not actually done very much. Uh, Magic okay. is, it's like sex. You can read as many manuals as you like, you can watch as many videos <laughs> on how to do it as you like, but until you've actually had sex, you don't know what it's like, you don't know what works, what doesn't, what's messy, what isn't. Right. Magic is exactly the same. It's a doing thing. It's mm. not a study thing. Female magic especially, it's very embodied. You know, there's, it's like going straight to the action. You know, yeah. there's, there's that sort of energy and it's l not so much the cerebral yeah, it's bypassing. There is differences, but only in how you process power. Mm. Like if you have a womb, your body is designed to hold a creation, mm, to mature right. it, and then send it off into the world. Mm. So physically, you can hold a lot more power in your body, a lot oh, more energy, wow. more, mm -hmm. you know. Um, with a guy, it's different. But that doesn't mean that it's just cerebral. Mm. You to, I think you have to be very careful about making gender um, and this is because it's a women's conference, so everything has to be, oh, well, women do it this way. It's like bollocks, you know, there's magic, basically, right. that hits the body in different ways according yeah. to the gender, not the sexuality, but the physical gender of the person. Um, and that can change. So, like, for me, I don't have a womb anymore. Mm -hmm. It changed how I process magic. Okay. So I wasn't holding the magic in my uterus anymore. Mm -hmm. I was holding it in the rest of my organs, mm. which is weird. Um, and again, you learn by doing, you learn by experience, by trying things mm. and seeing how your body reacts to it and, and, and what happens. Um, with guys, guys are very good at organizing. They can't organize their socks. <laughs> they cannot organize, you know, mm -hmm. anything like that. But, you know, oh, well, you know, this, this is in the East, good shopping list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this date and this date and blah, blah, blah. And this is its date mm -hmm. and, and this is its color and all of that sort of thing. And that's like a, um, a safety mechanism mm -hmm. in a way. What I've, what I've watched over decades is that when a lot of magical power comes through in a male magician is the first thing it will hit is their mind. Mm -hmm. So when it's gonna when something has taken a wrong turn it will often hit them in their mental health mm -hmm. so you often see a lot of depression some psychotic episodes things like that in magicians that have pushed themselves to the extreme mm -hmm. and they will experiment more with with drugs in magic to try and remedy that or, or mask it or mm -hmm. you know sometimes it works sometimes they just blow themselves out mm -hmm. with women it tends to be more of the physical body so wow. the magic mm -hmm. can hit the physical body more than it hits the mind. Mm. Now that I've noticed, it's nothing to do with the sexuality of the person. It's their physical, physical gender. It's the actual it's hardware. The actual hardware. hardware. It's the hardware, yeah. And, and wow. it's, not, it's not, you know, set in stone, but that tends to happen more often. Wow. That is the only difference I've ever seen in magic between mm. male and female. Um, in terms of embodying your magic, you know, oh, the majority of magicians I've worked with over the last few decades have been men. Mm -hmm. I tend, my magic tends to appeal more to men than it does women. So... Why do you think? Huh? Why do you think? Because I'm not... Oh, uh, uh. No, you're not loving <laughs> light, loving light, loving light. No, no, no. I'm like, give me the magic. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
And I don't know, and it's the intellect can come in in that it's your reference book. Mm. Right. So you see something, you work with something, something keeps presenting itself to you and you don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So then you go away and you lock it up. Mm. And then you find, ah, there was this guy in Rome in 300 BC talked about the same thing. What was he doing? Oh, okay, right, I get you. I can see where he took that. It, it, in that way, it's very useful. Mm. If you're working magically with a particular culture, then understanding that culture in its own time is really, really important so that you're not putting your own shit of course. onto what you're working on. Um, but in terms of sitting and studying and studying and studying and then doing magic, you end up locking yourself up mm. and you're giving your subconscious a vocabulary that's not natural to you. Mm. So, you know, you, you... I don't know, it's, and because in the last 30 years, there's been an explosion of magical books and New Age books and witchcraft books. And, and you know, at the end of the day, people are trying to sell a book. So they're going to write it in a way that will sell that book, which then forms, whether you like it or not, it will form how you put that stuff across. If it's not popular, it's not going to sell. Mm -hmm. So if you're writing that book in order to survive financially, it's going to compromise your magic one way or the other. It's very difficult to get around that. And in some countries, you know, as a magician, that is the only way you can survive financially. So you're in this quandary all the time that you need to make an income, but it's also limiting. Right. I mean, you what, offer something you, completely free. Well, that's why yeah. I, I do it that way. It's like, yeah. it's the one thing that I don't want to be compromised by financially. Mm -hmm. The only way to do that is just to let it go. Mm -hmm. Do the work, let it go. Now, is the course called... I can never Quaria. Quaria. Yeah. And uh, it's it's not just like a one month or three month thing. No, you can use it back. You can spend about 17 years on that thing if you really wow. want to. And so this is something that anybody who has online access, yep. they can like go to the website. Yep. And what are some things that they'll learn? It's all, um, everything from the foundation upwards. So it's not, it's not like a Golden Dawn system. It's not a witchcraft system. It's... Behind those, what are they working with? Mm -hmm. How does it work? So how do you make an inner contact? How do you differentiate what that being is that you're talking to? How do you build a relationship with that being or those beings where you're not physically or mentally compromised? Mm -hmm. um, where you're not parasited off of, which happens a lot. How to differentiate between a cross-dressing being. Cross-dressing being. <laughs> <laughs> I call on the god Anubis and this oh. passing parasite goes, oh, dinner. Yeah, oh. I'm Anubis. <laughs> Are you really Anubis? No, but I will be if you want me to be. Mm. People, people are very trusting. You, you have to approach it as you would your outward life. You don't go wandering down the street just randomly talking to people and, and allowing them into your personal space. Mm. I think a lot of women have problems with that, right? That yeah, yeah, boundary, yeah. discernment. Yeah, and it's about discernment, and then they learn ritual skills. How do you ritually make a contained space mm -hmm. that you can contain power in, and that you can then work with that power magically to create an effect to do something? What tools do you need? What tools don't you need? How do you make those tools? How do you put power into mm -hmm. those tools? How do you let those tools go? How do you, how do you 
it's everything. It's all of that foundation skills and then putting them in practice in different situations, in different cultural contexts, understanding like creation and destruction. People, you know, they go into magic, they do magical acts, and it doesn't occur to them to even think, well, is this a creative act? Is this a destructive act? At the end of the day, the power that I'm bringing through, what is it actually going to do? So it's every single little fragmental step of the way of how you get from A to B in magic and know every single step that you're taking has function, why it has function, what it's going to do. And so this is sort of like a, no matter what tradition you decide to go into later, this yeah. is all foundational to any it's, tradition. Yep. And, and I bring tradition in and then take it out. So they work with, um, and it, it was very difficult to try and figure out how, what to bring in and what not to bring in because you can end up with too much. Mm-hmm. But I use them as examples. All right, we're going to work in this for a while. I'm going to contain you like in this, this Welsh mythological pattern. Mm-hmm. And through doing that, you're going to learn how to work a mythological pattern. It's not about teaching you Welsh magic. It's about teaching you how to take a myth and how to work it magically. How to gain in the contact. What are those contacts doing? Mm. What is that power doing? What was that myth about? Because these days it's all, oh, it was the psychology of this. And because there was a war, they created this myth. And that's, right. there, is a layer, there is a layer of that. Mm-hmm. But there's also a deeper layer in a lot of cultural mythology, where it's telling you about power dynamics, how a power works, how a contact works right. in a specific setting, um, how, what not to do. Often the myths of what not to do, don't do this, don't do, Beowulf, they work with Beowulf. Mm-hmm. You know, don't have sex with this gorgeous female that rises out of the water, just don't do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it won't be a really good yeah. idea. You know? And, you know, so it's the pattern underneath that can be used on different lands, not on all of them. Mm-hmm. But by that time, they've learned the skills to discern which land it will work on and which patch of land it won't work on. Wow. So for, for this course, um, do you lead any of it, like Q&As, or is it just like... No, no, um, no. It's, it's the way it works. It's three sections. Mm-hmm. So you've got apprentice and a shirt and an adept. And it's all practical work. Mm-hmm. There is some study, but a lot of it's practical work. And it's like, okay, here's some information. Here's about this subject mm-hmm. we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about this subject. We're going to look at it from this angle mm. for today. All right. Right, now you're going to go and do this, 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 and this. And the tasks are magically constructed tasks that don't appear to be on the surface. Mm-hmm so that they go away and have an experience. And then they come back and they write down their experience, they don't make any sense out of it, but they just put that in their bag of don't know what the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. And then they move on a bit further and a bit further and then eventually they come to, oh, that's what that was. Mm. So they've gotten to that understanding themselves and in the process they've also learned the technique, they've learned the mythology behind it, mm-hmm. They've learned when to use it, when not to use it. Mm. So it's all. So they work with Egyptian stuff. They look at Christian texts. They look at Jewish texts. They look at Muslim texts. They look at Roman pagan texts. Mm. They look at Mesopotamian. They look at the funeral texts, New Kingdom funeral texts in Egypt. They work with all these different things, looking at it from different angles. Wow. Why is it doing what it's doing? 
well, you'll find out because you're going to go in and work with it. It's cool. And then you're going to get burned. And then you're going to realize that's why you don't do it like that. Uh, <laughs> that is the best way to learn. That really is the best way to yep. learn. Once you've totally. been burned, you will never forget it. Never. Totally. Yeah. Two more questions. So the first one is, for a newbie witch, let's say for somebody who's a teenager living at home, mm -hmm. and she hears about uh, the course and she's excited and everything, um, is there anything that she needs to do before taking the course? Yeah, go out and live. Go, oh, okay. go out and live. It's for a teenager. It it could be too much. I mean, this is. I try and get this across to people, and they they don't get it for the longest time until they've done it, and then they get it. Is that approaching training this way triggers things in your life? Magic runs through your everyday life. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't. It's not something you can do on Friday afternoons. Mm. and then close the door. Or just on Halloween. No, yeah. no. This is everyday life magic. This will come through, it will affect your job, your marriage, your home, mm -hmm. it will affect everything around you. And for a teenager, that's too much. It's best that a teenager goes out and, and explores. Ooh, what's witchcraft about? Ooh, what's ritual magic about? Ooh, what's visionary magic about? And tastes and dips their fingers into stuff and tries things. First. Is that the time when you would say, okay, that's when you want to read the stuff? No, you know? no, I wouldn't like, you know, if I, if I could say don't touch this stuff until I'd say 25, at least. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Don't touch this stuff until you're about 25. Okay. Go away, experience life, mm -hmm. make a few mistakes, you know, get have yourself, lots of love affairs. Have lots <laughs> of love affairs, you know, get yeah. fucked up a few times, mm -hmm. blah, 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 and then come to it. Wow. Um, as a teenager, that sort of magic, it's, it's, it's like taking a 15-year-old and dumping them in a PhD. Right. Course. Even if they're super smart, they don't it's have the not, emotional... It's not about intelligence. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not about education, it's not yeah. about intelligence, it's about life experience. Right. So get the life experience behind you first. This is The, the, the course is a sort of magic where you've, you've done various things, you've tried this and all the da-da-da-da-da. Now I feel that my life path is magic. Mm -hmm. Once you've got to, this is the rest of my life. That's the time to do the course. So there's people starting it in their 50s that mm. have done magic and witchcraft for decades, but suddenly they've realized, no, actually, this is, this is, I want the rest of my life. I want to live this. Wow. And that's when they step into it. That's why it has to be free. This is not it something like that it has to have its own integrity and you cannot put a financial block between you and someone's life path mm. so you have to be very very careful about that um, and when I was looking at the people who were interested you know there's, there's people in Africa there's you know there's people in Vietnam there's people all over the world and you have to remember that you know some in some of these places their average wage is 20 pounds a week mm. There's no way they can pay for something. But if they're committed and they've got an internet connection, mm -hmm. then, then, and also there's no one stood there driving them, ticking the boxes or anything like They have to do it. Mm -hmm. They have to discipline themselves. They have to make it work mm -hmm. or fall off one or the other. Right. So it's, it's very disciplined and very um, committed. But the person themselves has to be the one that provides the discipline. So it's away from teacher-student. 
and right. I don't go near the students until they get to the initial level. So the power dynamic start, is better that way. Yeah, they, they, you know, who survives, whoever survives yeah. the apprentice section, then I'll give them free mentoring and, and work them through it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, they can, they can donate if they want to, but it's free. They don't have to. Wow. Um, okay. You know, and people that are very committed like that for a life path, then I'll get right up behind them. Yeah. You, you, there could just come a time you have to make a choice. It's mm -hmm. like, you know... My, one of my daughters um, hit a pothole in Atlanta last week, mm -hmm. blew her tire, and it smashed her. It was so bad, it smashed the wheel itself to right. pieces. The first guy that stopped to help her wanted to charge her. He said, mm -hmm. oh, I'll help you, but I'm going to charge you this, this, and this, and this, because, you know, I've got to make her back. And she said, no, thanks. Mm -hmm. That's not helping. Yeah. That's capitalizing on That's capitalizing. Yeah. So if I wanted to pay for it, I'd just call someone. Exactly. And after he'd gone, this family turned up and they got out and they helped to change the wheel and everything else like that and told her the nearest place to go. Mm. And so that helped her and she will do the same for somebody else in the future and that's how it passes down. Mm. You know, it's either you're running a business or you're not. If you're not running a business, then don't run a business. Mm. Keep it clean. Keep stay, it clean. Stay in your own lane. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that all magic has to be like that. Yeah. You know, people think that I get on a high pedestal with that, and it's not at all. It's just this. Yeah, you just decided this yeah. is the way this it's going to go. This is the way this, this course is going to go this way. Mm. If somebody else wants to do it another way, that's fine. Mm. And, you know, I'm in a position where I can do this. I, I live very, very simply. If I was living in the States, I wouldn't be able to do this because I wouldn't be able to afford it. Where I am, where I live now, I can live really, really simply. It's like living in fucking Brigadoon where I live. Like, there's no GPS, there's no cell phone reception. It's like the 1950s. It's low rent, you know. I, it's just so simple living that I don't need much to live on. So... You know, life put me there, and it's okay, well, I'll give back, and this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And also, you know, most of the people that helped and taught me magically in my life, it wasn't a, a transaction. It was just, I had a need at that time to learn, and the right person turned up and taught me. So you mm. pass that on, and you move it along the line. Pass it on. So, you know. yeah. So last question, Josephine. If you had to choose a song that represents your magic, any song. Oh, <laughs> Always look on the bright side of life. When you're knee deep in shit and you've got a headache and you're throwing up from the inner contacts, always look on the bright side of life. I like that. I like that. And guys, in the show notes, I will list all of the websites and uh, that you can find Josephine's work. And Josephine, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me. You're welcome. And thanks for asking. Life's a laugh, a death's a joke, it's true.
see it's all a show. Keep up laughing as you go. Just remember the last laugh is on you. Hey, always look on the bright side of life. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Witches and Wine audio experience. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting me on Patreon. You can choose between a few membership tiers, they're super affordable and flexible. Your membership helps me continue making videos, podcasts, articles, lots of different things about all the sweet witchy stuff. Links are in the show notes. Also, don't forget to go on iTunes and give this a five-star rating. Each five-star rating helps rank this podcast higher in searches so that as many witches can find and enjoy these episodes as well. Until next time, this is Chawan. Signing off.